0: Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back for another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast. And this is installment number five of five with the NEC team. And I'm grateful to Ryan Rickenbaugh for joining us today uh, for a conversation on leadership. Uh, This is going to be a dialogue a little bit about the Educator Effectiveness Summit that took place June 16th and 17th. And so I was really grateful to have had the opportunity to participate and to be there and learn uh, alongside so many great leaders, teachers, members of NDE, higher education. There's a great representation of our entire education community in Nebraska in the room that day. Amongst them was Reed Ayersman, who's the Madison Middle School principal in Madison Public Schools, Reed's joining us as well today, uh, and so we'll get to his introduction here in a minute. But first, to kick things off, uh, Ryan, welcome back to the pod.
1: Thanks, Andrew. Always good to hang out with you on a ESCC podcast. So appreciate the opportunity.
0: Yeah, tell me a little bit I've more about the... the conference from your like from behind the scenes, right? So you know, as a participant, you show up and and everything's you know polished, and it was a great learning experience. But uh, as one of the drivers of this work, being able to share it in that format.
1: Yeah, I think on the structure itself, I think was effective. You mentioned a lot of different uh, entities in education were present, which that was a huge focus of ours, trying to get a lot of people to table and to hear hear kind of the same messages, but most importantly to be able to interact across organizations. That's important. Feedback-wise, this was our first rollout, really, of of this style of summit in order to not only communicate the seed way of thinking, but also to get feedback, right, to kind of gauge how it's landed on people's ears and how it's impacting people moving forward. So we're still in the the process of that, just gathering that feedback. But listening to the conversations throughout the two days validated a lot of things we're doing, a lot of great questions and things that we know we can hit on moving forward. I think getting hands into data with our kind of our faux data experience, I think, uh, received some positive feedback because that really helped maybe I'll create some tangible things around our ideas rather than, you know, going from that theory to application transition, I think was important. So overall, I think we, we feel pretty good about it. We've still got to decide what that looks like in the future. Uh, but most importantly, it's about our relationships with schools and our ability to interact and support them and our ESUs and just getting everybody to work together around this idea of this educator effectiveness lens and it's moving in the right direction. Definitely. Um, and it's, it's guys like Reed at Madison who we've been able to work with and talk with a number of times. And they were present at the, at the summit. They had great conversations amongst their staff and I admire the hard work that they, that they're doing and the things that they're putting in place. I admire the conversations that they're having, the courageous conversations that they're having with their staff and with their teams And just the opportunity to kind of hear from somebody like Reed, who I have great respect for, really gives us an opportunity to say, okay, are we helping schools that are in a position where if they need um, resources of support, the ability for us to help them be as effective as they possibly can, that's where we want to be. And it's schools like Madison that we're we're there to help. Their feedback matters. So I'm excited to to have Reed on with us today.
0: Yeah, me as well. For those that weren't in attendance, there were several hundred people at the summit that were in a room together, Uh, and as you noted there, Ryan, in groups that it felt like at least we're comprised at the core of districts and building level leaderships. So they could look at that data. And so to get back to what you referenced earlier, I thought there were a lot of really great questions that the SEED team posed and made a lot of space for there to be authentic conversations and a practical use of that time to get into data and to really start to process that, as you said, educator effectiveness lens as it pertains to their specific work. And uh, so I would say kudos for not making this sort of a sit and get. Here's your information for days straight experience. So that was not this at all. And in the midst of those spaces, then there, there was, yeah, those opportunities. And so, Reid, uh, thank you for joining us uh, on the pod today. And we'll talk a little bit about the conversations that Madison was having uh, and your reflections as a part of that. Uh, but for those that don't know you, Reed, could you kind of give us a little bit of your backstory in education first? Yeah, for sure. Oh, I appreciate,
2: first of all, being invited to be on your podcast. And when I got Ryan's invitation. I'm like, well, what did I do? <laughs> what, did I do? what did I do? What did I do wrong? Or what do you know? And, and so it's humbling to be on here, honestly. Um, and so I appreciate the opportunity. But yeah, my education background, I graduated from Concordia in Seward and got my uh, master's in admin and realized after my student teaching experiences that I did not really wanted to teach, but I loved to coach. And so an opportunity was provided me uh, to go up to the University of Sioux Falls in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And my wife and I just gotten married. This was in 2007. And we are Nebraska through and through. And we left up there and, and started coaching full-time at the University of Sioux Falls on their track team. I was a track athlete at, at Concordia, and, and it was a passion of mine at the time. And so we spent uh, 10 years up there, went from an assistant coach to the director of cross country and track and field for five years. And then in 17, we started having kids and the recruiting trail is hard. I mean, when you're spending, you know, you're going to Colorado and California and we're division two institution up there. And so you're doing these official visits and you're busy. So got burned out. Um, You know, I grew up in Beamer, Nebraska, which is about 45 minutes from Madison. And my wife grew up in Southern Nebraska. And so started looking and, you know, I kept my certificate up throughout my time at USF, just saying, you know, what if, what if I ever wanted to get back? And There's actually an athletic director position here at the time. So in 17, I I took the AD position and felt very more, I mean, qualified, but felt very, you know, and haven't really been in a high school setting. So a lot of learning there. Well, then did that for two years and we had some transition with admin and uh, this position here in the middle school opened up. And I mean, you talk about being wet behind the ears as a principal, but Having some leadership skills, you know, when you lead a team of 120 kids on a track program and five coaches. And so stepping into this was very similar, but again, I didn't have the education background in terms of what's good teaching and what is, you know, what is effective teaching and test scores. What what are test scores? Like, so I'm like, I'm some like some other admins. So you said such a fresh perspective because you haven't been in education your whole life. You aren't, you're not kind of numb to some of the things that we do in education. So we have a different perspective. So my first year here was when we hit COVID. And so, you know, we shut down and like everybody else, but just being a first year principal and luckily I have a veteran staff. And so this is year four. I am the middle school principal, but then I also oversee our EL and migrant programs. And then I am what we call the IPM just because we are a CSI school. And so we've gone through those processes, you know, and that's how I got to know Ryan, honestly, was just, you know, and he he reached out when he started with NDE and we had a conversation over the phone. And so it's a little bit, I guess, about me.
0: Well, then I'd say, you know, and I'm excited to learn more about how that backstory influences how you approach some of your work. And also at the same time, too, some of the things that, as you noted there, uh, that were an adjustment, maybe is the way to, to put that. And so I would imagine, though, that bringing that and I can tell just from our conversation you're someone that like is a lifelong learner and looking to continue to grow and and, and develop and I'm sure as a coach that mindset's just ingrained uh, as you got the opportunity the invite to the educator effectiveness summit what was your perspective going in or what were you did you have expectations in terms of what you're hoping to take away
2: well we were actually i mean very excited that we were invited and have that personal invite from Kim was very good i know Ryan and her tried to make it up here to visit with us. But prior to that, yeah, we were very excited. I know our team kept asking me, do you have any information? What are we doing? What's the agenda? I'm like, hey, just wait. Kim said, the, you know, the information is coming. Just, you know, and, 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 and so we were excited. We took uh, myself and then our curriculum director, which is Travis Jordan. He's been in our district. He started out as a teacher and coach. And then he moved into the admin role the same year I did. And so we kind of learned together our first year. Crystal Ernst. She has a, if you've ever met her, she is a wizard in, in the world of education. I mean, she's been at the Skyler, She's been at the Yorks. She's been at Howells Dodge. And now she's here at Madison as our instructional coach. And she lives breeze education. And so I've learned a lot from her. And then we took our elementary principal, Carla Cush. And then we actually took our language arts teacher in the middle school, Larissa Granke. And she was a high school teacher and then been in the middle school, probably oh, 12 years. And so she's been in our district over 20 and really nice to have her there. She added a ton of thought uh, to our conversations at our table. And so team went and and yeah, we had a a very enjoyable experience.
0: Well, and uh, I love knowing too. And I think that helps people listening in to understand what those table teams might have been comprised of, right? So it's good to understand that those were people that wear a lot of different hats uh, within your building. And district, and so with that, then what would you say were some of the your key takeaways? Just kind of go broadly, and then maybe we'll press into some of those um, in particular.
2: I guess first of all, just the authenticity of of Kim and Ryan. Like knowing Kim, she's got so much expertise, and and Ryan, you know, I just heard such great things through his time as a principal. And they met us where we were, and in terms of like, hey, we're trying to figure things out. And Ryan has it. I mean, in terms of we don't want to tell you we're going to work with you. That was probably the most, because yeah, I mean, you go to these conferences and, 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 you know, it's, it's not telling you have to, but it's like, this works. And to try this and do this and let's try this new system and let's try this. And so you're just like, and Ryan and Kim were like, Hey, what do you guys need? Here's the lens. I mean, we kept going back to that. Here's the seed lens and here's how we want to look through some, some things. So that first of all, was my first takeaway in terms of like, okay, this is not just another conference and then not just a sit and get and, you know, we'll go home and try this and see if it works for six months. And if it doesn't, we're just going to push it to the side. And so that was first and foremost. And, and then just the conversations we've had over the last year with having our admin team in place and having a little more normalcy with COVID, we we're really looking at our instructional model and looking at why we do what we do here at Madison, and where we can improve. And so we've really had a lot of conversations over the last 18 months about what we need to do. And so a big thing that C talks about is is assumptions, and not having assumptions. And sometimes assumptions can lead to some very negative outcomes on teams and with students. And so that was also enlightening, because we've talked about that and wanting to say, hey, we need to be transparent with our staff. We need to be vulnerable and we need to be authentic and we need them to be that way too. We can't assume things about our teachers. They teach this way because why? And, and really changing our walkthrough model and, and really coming with an instructional model of the five E's. We took this whole year in our PD, our CSI days, like we rolled that out to our staff. Like we're not where we wanna be, but at least we have some common languages as we talk. So this, this, the seed conference just affirmed a lot of things for what we've been doing and kind of also helped us to look at, I mean, Ryan and Kim talked a lot about systems. What systems in our middle school are we doing a really good job at and what systems do we not have? Like I said, the instructional model system we we continue to work on, but there's some things that we really do well systematically and that are in place and that have been ingrained in our middle school. And then I would just, yeah, I mean, it's just been the collective f- efficacy too, you know, as I, as you hear that word, it sounds like a million dollar word. I can't even say it right. For goodness sake. But like, I look at like our team here in the middle school and I feel like we're on track with that. Our teachers have a voice. I've been this way since day one. Like I am very democratic in terms of, I want to hear your input. I want like, as a track coach, you got your jumps coach and you got your throws coach and like, you're the expert. I'm just the head. Like, tell me what you need. And you know, I can't do everything. And at the end of the day, it's me that's going to say yes or no, but like, that's just my background of not being like, Hey, we're going to do this, this and this. And I feel like the more you do this, this, and this as an admin, the harder, like they'll do it for compliance and not for actual, you want to hear the stories. And again, that assumptions of, Hey, my teacher's like this because no, you don't know that. But Maybe you need to ask those questions. You look at the data and go, well, they're not doing a great job, but then you walk by the room and you're like, well, wow, they are doing a great job. So how, Where are we at here? So I know it's kind of long-winded there, but those are kind of some of the the main things that I kind of took away. And it was like I said, it was just like all the things we've been working on, and whether just through the the TNTP things that we've been doing with Crystal and myself, and just for us as a district, it kind of like wow. I would say the one thing that we talked about that we kind of missed the mark is just is a little bit of collecting teacher data, I would say maybe. For us, like, why are teachers in our district? Why do they stay in our district? You know, we started to do that a little bit, but I don't think we have great data. So that was something that I took away that we haven't really been talking about a ton. Definitely on our radar as you look to try to hire teachers, and it's it's tough. So, why are teachers that have been here for 20 years? Why are they still here? And what draws those? I mean, Madison's a town of about 2,000, just outside of Norfolk, which is what 27, 30,000. So. You know, there's some dynamics there that cause that, but we don't really have a pulse on why. And we talked about that towards the end of our conference there at the seed of why teachers are where they're at and their movement is and stuff like that. So,
0: Well, I, you know, as you were sharing there, maybe think of a quote from Pete Hall that I really appreciate that is uh, shifted action does not always result in shifted thinking but shifted thinking always results in shifted action. And I feel like that the Educator Effectiveness Summit made space for that shifted thinking through that lens. And I can hear how by doing that, uh, it permeated a number of the different things that you are thinking about and doing in, in the like general rhythms of your role and responsibilities, right? I, I, like just to kind of recap some of the assumptions you were like reflecting on that, some of the systems you're reflecting on those, the collective efficacy. And so that, that is, I think it, there's probably, it's a Venn diagram, there's probably a little bit of that <laughs> systems, uh, but also like it, it's not, right? It, it, it's really the capacity that those educators have for that million dollar word. And then from there too, thinking about exactly. yeah, how data can help uh, make all of those really pointed. And so uh, I'm I'm gonna give Ryan a little bit of space here too, in the midst of those respective topics. For those that, because I would imagine some people listening in were in attendance that day. So as we said, great opportunity to revisit that learning, and, and others maybe not. And so Ryan, what would you say? Just uh, follow up with some of the reflections that we had there.
1: Well, speaking of quotes. When I hear Reed talk, the first thing I think of is a quote from um, I think his name was Ed Murrow, the nightly news guy back in the '50s. He said, uh, "Anyone here who isn't confused doesn't really understand what's going what's going on." So, in my mind, the reason that quote resonates is because, as a principal, and Reed said it, you don't have all the answers. Like they're asking a lot of questions, trying to understand what's going on, and the heart, the first shift for principals is to get over the hump of, okay, I want to know what teachers are thinking. Cause that's a that's a hard step too. Cause sometimes you're, especially the new principal, you're just hoping you're doing a good job and you're hoping you're keeping the ship afloat, but you really don't want to know what people are thinking because you have all these ideas of they've had three principals before me or they might have been really good or they might not have been good. But then you make that shift to wanting to know and you start to understand that they don't really want to tell you. So you, you've made that step to, to reach out and to be vulnerable, but they're not in a position where they can be, where they can be vulnerable. And that's, that's what Reed was talking about. That collective efficacy is that's a commitment to the long game. And what I love about Madison is they are committed to the long game, but what makes that so hard for them is being a CSI school, right? Timelines are, are part of that. And as a teacher, how can you commit to a long game when you know you've got this and this coming up and the next test is going to determine the next year and all that kind of stuff? That's, that is a tremendously difficult environment to get people to want to move forward. And Madison's doing an outstanding job of just of listening and trying to hear from their teachers, trying to figure out what this looks like, knowing that they don't have the answers. But from a leadership perspective, I can't imagine how difficult that is. And we just want to support that work. Again, not about having the answers, but how can we come to that common language of that lens? And Reid mentioned, you know, that teacher data, and that means how do your teachers feel? Do they feel effective? Do they feel like they're doing a good job? What questions do they have? And that doesn't mean that you you just take whatever they say and you just move, you move forward. It's as a leader, you get to discern and, and ask more questions, right? That's just the start of the conversation. And again, trust has to be built. That collective efficacy has to be there before you're really going to start making some gains. But you got to start somewhere. And that that commitment is difficult because time is not a friend of education. It's just not. Never has been. So how do we shift that within what we can control and uh, what we can do? It's difficult. But Madison, you guys are moving on the right track. And I, I just love the conversations I've had with whether it's Reed or whether it's Crystal or getting to meet some of the other administrators or the part of their teams, they're doing the right things. We just want to be here to help
2: them. Well, i I want to speak to that, Ryan, in terms of just, that's the thing that's frustrating to me about education a little bit is we want honest and transparent feedback from our staff. Did you like this PD? Is this helping you? And education is such a world of like, is my name attached to it or am I going to get punished or because that's where it's like, we got to just pound this into our teachers, not just at Madison, but I think it's, it's everywhere. You know, like, I'm afraid to fill out this exit interview because you're going to know me and I go here and you do this. No, we want, we don't want to punish you. And that's what I just feel like coming into the world of education. It's like, give me some honest feedback. Am I supporting you the way, or is our district supporting you the way, is this PD helpful? And I know Crystal has voiced that because after PD, she'll have that feedback and they don't want any, like, i don't want to i don't want you to know it was me if it was negative because i'm you might punish me you know and that is not that's just a weird i, I don't know i don't, I don't know whether I, it's
1: real whether it's real or not that's how they feel right yes yeah. it could be that they had a bad experience with the principal that's that's possible but it's also possible that they've never had that experience but that's just the mindset and i always say We've created that. And you, when you say it's probably not just Madison, you're absolutely right. It's not just Madison. That's everywhere. So how do we change that narrative, right? We can't just keep, we can't keep telling them that, hey, we want your feedback, want your feedback and it asking for the feedback in the same way. You got to earn it, right? You got to earn that trust where they start to, to be willing to be critical of things and not in a negative way, but in a positive environment, we can absolutely be critical of what we're doing because it's not about the people that are doing it wrong, it's that, hey, we've all, and you said this at the beginning, we all kind of have a common direction that we're moving. Let's look at what's happening and what isn't happening, and let's be critical of that. Let's think deeper about what is it within our systems that are working and that are not. But without teacher feedback, how in the world is a principal to know that? Because a principal isn't doing all the stuff. The teachers are doing all the stuff principals just have to be the ones to keep the wheel turning and getting those pieces of data figuring out from feedback from observation from conversation from surveys from from everything and we at seed our biggest fear is that through these conversations that people are going to walk away thinking oh we need to have teachers come up with all this new data that's not what we're saying at all it's there is Plenty of data that is right in front of you right now that you're either using or maybe you're not using, but it isn't about adding an, a whole new layer or layers of data. It's about digging into that data in a different way and asking different questions. And what I love about the opportunity as a principal is you have the role of looking at all this data. And starting to figure out, okay, what is the theme and what are the questions that I want to ask other people and what other perspectives do I want to get? But if I'm a principal who's looking at my teacher survey data in a silo here, and I'm looking at my student engagement data in a silo here, and I'm looking at my student test scores in a silo here, and making individual assumptions, you can't do it that way. All that stuff connects. And that's the role of the principal is to start figuring out how does this stuff all come together? and then hey, here's kind of what I think. Tell, guys, tell me what you think. What, Where does this land on your ear? Here's what I am seeing. What are, what are you seeing? But you're absolutely right. That difficult hump is getting them to trust a process of critical feedback and, and conversation. But that's all part of that journey towards collective efficacy. And it sure as heck doesn't happen overnight. But Reid, I'll tell you, one of the most important things that you guys have going is you've got experience and you've got people that are staying Leadership tenure is, as we all know, research-wise, is so critical. Imagine if a new person came into your job starting in August and tried to have the same conversations that you've been having for the last three or four years. It ain't going to happen, right? Even if they have the best mindset and the best intention, it's still going to take time. And that's something that you're establishing, that your district is establishing. And that's, that's worth its weight in gold as far as moving a district forward. So that's, that's heavily, heavily important.
2: So let me ask you this. We talk about getting teacher feedback. Was there a point in education where teachers were not afraid to give their feedback, but leaders didn't take it and didn't, or I mean, has it always been that way, you know, in education? Like at what point did teachers get concerned that this is going to be tied back to me and somehow it's going to be tied back to my evaluation? <laughs> I mean, that's like I, I, think, I think it comes down
1: to it comes down to leadership, right? Like the type of leader you are. From my experience, the best feedback that I got was just the the informal, right? One of my strengths was just my relationships with staff. So I'd learn a ton just by going and catching teachers during their plan or or before school or after school and just talking. And I would ask, you know, not formal questions, but just bend their ear, right? But then when I'd give a formal survey, that feedback was way different, right? Right. And I think you hit the nail on the head. The problem is that when we ask for feedback in a formal manner, we don't really use it, right? We we make assumptions. I know I did. You know, you look at your culture survey and mine were always pretty good, but there are always three or four responses that I honed in on. I'm trying to think, gee whiz, you know, was that teacher having a bad day? Or I know this teacher struggles with me or we struggle with our relationship. So But I was completely missing the bigger picture, right? Like, are those four responses important? Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that the 62 other responses aren't. So it's, it's a balance. And then deciding and committing to actually using that feedback and being transparent with it, putting it back in front of staff saying, listen, this is what I'm hearing from you. I'm hearing in general themes this. And on one side, it's this. And on another side, I'm hearing some things like this. Let's talk about that. Let's let's have a a professional conversation about it. And it's not one-on-one, it's as a staff, but I think the most important feedback is gathered through that informal avenue. But then as a principal or as a leader, you've got to be able to include that into those other layers, but letting staff know that their feedback matters and whether it's a response or they see that it matters. And again, some people who are negative, uh, because that's what we're afraid of, right? That's data, but as a leader, those are the conversations that you must have right like maybe deep down there is some great feedback but the way they're coming off and giving that feedback gets lost hey that's a coaching conversation right hey i I value your feedback but i can't see it when i hear it this way or when when it's coming across as this because here's how i interpret it talk to me what does this really mean let's let's get down to the brass tacks and figure out how i can help you and how you can help me i just don't know how many of those conversations are happening because of time because of all these other things that are going on, we're trying to keep our head above water. We just want to get through the day. It's hard to commit to those longer term processes. And I think that's where we've tripped up in education over the last you know, 20, 25 years.
2: Well, and I, you know, you talk about the relationship thing, like you go in that teacher's room and you're looking for some some feedback and you don't have a relationship, you can, you can still tell that they're beating around the bush in terms of trying to get some, you know what I mean? Like, they're just still, you know, a little like, "Uh, what's he, what's he. And that's where like, it's, it is about relationships. And I mean, as a leader, some come easier than others, I think with teachers, I think you could, you know, whether you have some similar things you like and, in terms of your personal life and so you talk about those things and, and, and that's where for me being here year four and kind of being well being new to being a principal it was about learning people understanding them and and just kind of getting to know them i think that's helped and but you're right i mean getting in there and just having a conversation but it starts with a relationship because i still don't think you're gonna get honest feedback even if you went into that room if you didn't have like a, a relationship but i don't think I, I just haven't always experienced that they still want to give me honest feedback Yeah. That was, it was okay. Yeah. It was, it was, it was no, how (laughs) to tell me you're not going to hurt my feelings. I promise. Um, And I have such a small staff here that Crystal and Travis look at the the district K-12 I really, you know, focus on. And so I have that opportunity to get to know my staff and be able to, you know, our middle school is like a hallway basically. So you can step out the door and see all my teachers. So it's not like I'm on a separate wing. And so it's been, you're right. It's just, and that's the seed thing too. Uh, you know, this, just the seed lens, I feel like, and, and you and Kim do that because you want to build relationships with us and you don't just want to tell us how to do it. You want to get to know our stories. You want to know their kids. I mean, I love the, I kept this, uh, you know, your diff, te- this was on the table. I don't know if this, but like, this is your seed beliefs. Like I kept this and oh, yeah. like just looking at data informs stories compel And I know my teacher, Larissa, that's one thing that she put down because you ask us which one resonates with you. And then day two, you ask that after going through a day, which one now really resonates with you. And she, she and I both had that one. And, And Larissa's taught the sons and she like knows the parents of every kid. And she can tell you the stories on these kids and their families. And like that kid's parents would have never done that. Like, I can't believe that kid did that. And, and like. If we have a house. I go on and on about this. We have a house system. We we adapted it from the Ron Clark Academy. And so we, we do oh, some, yeah. Fun, yeah. we do some fun things. And so she referenced one kid this year that did a lip sync and he had this orange thing on and he's just a sixth grader and he's out there. She's like, his dad would have never done that. But miss <laughs> cranky, you know, I feel like we look at, you know, teachers that have really, really done an exemplary job and she's really one. The data would not say that. Um, and so when she looks at her role here, it's really, the connection with the kids and she wants to always improve. I mean, when we've asked for learning targets and we've asked for implementation, of the five E like she's doing it and she's adjusting and she, you go in there and you're just like, wow, like kids are engaged. Kids are doing things and, you know, we're sitting there waiting for the test scores and like, it's. uh,
1: What, what a great conversation though. That's that to me, when you've got the want to and you've got the desire and you've got good things happening that's where, as a leader, you get to just dig in with with that teacher and work together to figure out, okay, what's how can we keep moving forward, right? How that to me would be the kind of conversations that I miss the most as a principal, is is that right there? Because it's not, and again, we all want things to happen right away and we want the the test scores to reveal how great we're doing. We know it's not that clean, it's not that simple, but man all the things that you're going to learn and that she's going to be able to feel good about in those conversations and be able to give give her permission to celebrate those things. It will turn around. It will, it will improve, but it will be on the terms of you guys defining that success and being able to highlight that. And maybe that's where, that's where things change. Maybe all of a sudden confidence and kids loving to be in that classroom and loving to be a part of that experience that impacts how they how they approach academics and there's just a lot of things that can happen when you've got the ability to have trusting and vulnerable conversations with a teacher and with a leader. I think it's, that's powerful. That's great. That's great to hear.
2: And I'm I'm sure, you know, this is, I don't think she'd mind, like, I'm sure Larissa goes, why are you asking me to go to this? What did I do wrong? You know, like, no, it's like, you know, that's just, again, that's that little bit of like, my scores haven't been great, you know, and it's, it's not just, this year, or last year, I mean, and we've plugged some holes for sure with our data, and in, in terms of our state tests, we like we like the new testing format, but like we've plugged some holes. We feel like you know, just from district wide, but like you could just see her, you know, when you ask her, it's like, huh? no, it's like we want your input. We respect you, and, and not that we don't respect all of our middle school teachers or teachers, but like it, you've been here, you've seen a change, you've seen a lot of admin. you've seen a lot of different things that people have tried, and so. You know, we, we talked, a, you know, so, so it was good to have her with us, you know, and it can be intimidating as a teacher when you're there with four admin, but she was oh, so sure. good. She was so great with input and not being afraid. I mean, she even was vocal during, you know, said some things to the whole group. And and so
0: it was great to have her with us. That's got to be great to have that authentic yeah, feedback from her. And I, over the course of this conversation, have just continually thought of an expression that I know I've heard people say before is that I just want to hire good people and get out of the way. And I actually think that's part of the problem, right? You, you need to hire good people and listen and support and develop and have conversations and visit their classroom. And as Ryan said, the informal is probably even more valuable than what you put on a survey that gets kicked to me through Google that I might look at and have at my disposal when I'm making decisions that I'm not going to include you in. And, and so those, those types of you know scenarios, I think, uh, just call for a different mindset, uh, a lens like the educator effectiveness lens is promoting here. And uh, I need to point out to gosh 30 minutes goes by really quick and so we uh, are nearing the end of our episode here today but uh, I would like to ask Reed maybe as we bring things to a close from that learning from those conversations like with the teacher that you mentioned where do you see that lens impacting just even one goal that you maybe have for this upcoming school year where that's going to have an influence on the work that you're doing
2: well there's a lot there for sure Again, like I said, it affirmed a lot of things like, okay, we're, we're doing the right thing, but also in terms of what can we do better? And we just, as an admin have like, for us is getting over the assumptions and, and thinking that a teacher is doing things a certain way because, and, and helping our teachers be more vulnerable, that has to continue to happen. Me personally, I need to continue to focus on relationships so that I can have those conversations because I think as you get more, as I've gotten more into education of understand, you know, how education works and and good teaching and like relationships come back to it. Don't start thinking, you know, and so this has helped me to, to realize that personally, but also again, like I said, affirmed for the staff that went there, just continue to plug away at this, continue to help our staff be vulnerable. There's not consequences. There's just trying to get better. And, uh, like I said, Ryan and Kim, they just they have that experience, they get where we're at. They're not judging us, they want to learn from us. Do we have it figured out? No, no way. But they want to learn from us as opposed to, you know, we're coming in and we'll tell you how to we won't learn from you. We want to work with you. We want to So not real specific takeaways, but as it fits into what we're doing here, they're very specific. And again, you say we're 30 minutes in, so I don't want to belabor <laughs> that anymore.
0: Well, but I think that those themes certainly resonate across the duration of today's conversation, that it is about relationships. It's about being better together. And, you know, you even see it in the collection that we have here on the podcast today. We're NDE and ESUs and building level leaders. And we've talked to the classroom level of things. And it is just so important to have conversations, to listen to one another, to grow together. And I'm really grateful to Ryan and the entire C team for the work that they're doing to provide that lens within which we can have these types of conversations. And so, uh, Ryan, thanks for joining us again for the pod today. We'll see if we continue to add more to this. And so, like we did a five. series this kind of brings us uh to the conclusion of that for the moment but i I would not be surprised if we don't see Ryan on the pod again in the not too distant future uh and reed so great to have you on the pod today uh get a chance to meet you and good luck to you and all of your staff at madison as we get ready for this upcoming school year
2: well thanks for the opportunity and keep up keep up the good work with your podcast and what you're doing and love of education for sure